Hello there, I'm Patrick Struth, trusted authority in executive and transactional liability and founder of Rubicon m Insurance Services. Now a proud member of the Liberty Company Insurance Broker Network. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by David Tobin of Tobin Leff. Based in Pittsburgh, Tobin Leff is an M&A advisory and exit planning consulting firm that helps business owners maximize and monetize their life's work, which puts us, David, in direct alignment. So welcome to the podcast today. Patrick, thank you for having me. Now, before we get into Tobin Leff and what you guys are bringing, because you do address a real niche here, let's start with you. What brought you to this point in your career? I appreciate you sharing that. Like many of your listeners and you, we've had our journeys. I grew up, I started, I grew up in an advertising family. I started, founded marketing agencies. One of them, our niche or specialty, which you will appreciate, was prospecting for financial advisors and insurance professionals who wanted to be in front of business owners on a favorable basis. My crew, I, we came up with the idea that the best hook, the best door opener would be to position these advisors as specialists in exit planning, succession planning, transition planning. And it worked. That's what business owners wanted to talk about. Yeah. So like I'm sure many of your listeners, if that was their client base, they would research their clients industry. I did the same thing. So I really spent time on the subject matters of succession planning, exit planning. I took to it because I grew up in a family business. So I sold that agency that was in the early 2000s. I was away from the industry for a little while, but I couldn't help myself. I would meet a business owner and I would ask them, Patrick, what is your exit plan? And they wanted to talk about that. That's their favorite topic, yeah. It, 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 it was, and today it has been, it will continue to be. So. I started you know, having many conversations. I decided this was in 2009, I'm gonna start charging for this. So I started a consulting firm. We initially were doing exit planning consultation. It evolved to where many of our clients they had a need to sell to an outside buyer, so we helped them. So we evolved into an M&A advisory firm. So because of our roots in exit planning, we do position ourselves as Exit planning and M and A advisory professionals group, and where where you've got a unique approach is your uh, client base is largely folks in professional services. And, yes, uh, and so let's talk about that because with Tobin Left, that's an area that you guys come in because you're dealing with a lot of intangibles there uh, compared to other business owners. Exactly, and, and we concentrated on those sectors. I mentioned my background in marketing. There's 12 people in our group. I have six partners. Three of my other partners also owned or came from professional services firms. So because of our firsthand real life experience, we gravitated to service firms. And like many other M&A or consulting firms, you, you work off of that, you leverage off that because that's where your knowledge and credibility lies. And you know, what you mentioned, service firms, the nuances, the needs, as it relates to helping those owners monetize, it, they are different than 
hard assets, manufacturing, and so forth. Yeah, and, and one of the areas that uh, when we spoke about it, you talk about the professional services out there because there are a number of them out there, but was marketing. And talk about your perspective with regard to marketing because there are PR firms, advertising firms, marketing firms out there. And, you know, if you're not in that space, you keep thinking the large, you know, Madison Avenue major uh, organizations, but really it, it can get very granular and it's, it's developed, it's evolved over the time. So let's talk about that with marketing specifically in your professional services. Sure. The sector, the industry keeps broadening, getting wider. When you mentioned some of the common tradition we've got, advertising agencies, but then it expands to digital marketing agencies, public relations, it ventures into digital transformation because of technology and marketing services. So it really has widened. I mean, there are truly tens of thousands of marketing related Marcom agencies. You know, many like are, are small, but um, it covers all ends of the spectrum. Now in this city, even get a little bit uh, more fine too, because you coined the term, uh, actually two terms. You have Mark.com and Mark.tech. So expand on those for us, please, because I think this is fascinating. Sure. Mark.com, short for marketing and communications, that tends to be more of the service aspects of it, the agencies where they're primarily generating revenue by time for talent or monthly retainers. Mark.tech includes the platforms, the tools that help take marketing messages to the marketplace. Digital marketing agencies cross over into both realms from doing the agency work, but also all the technology aspects of it. Yeah, because you can't just go ahead and put your own stuff on YouTube or some social platform if you want to be effective as a, as a, a large commercial venture. You want to go ahead and do something professional. And there's a pathway to all those channels. Okay, David, tell me, what does Tobin Left bring to the table for lower middle market profession, the professional services firms? Because you guys have an approach. I really like how you do this. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to share that with your listeners, Patrick. So you mentioned our market, especially any group that they have expertise. So, so one, it's just our experience with professional services firms. What we have developed what we've come to believe and it served our clients well there's a couple keys one relationships we and those of your listeners who've gone through the MA process they know that re developing relationships on many fronts it's so important and when i say relationships it's having the right professional or professionals at our level partners who build relationships with the prospective buyers who really get to know our sellers to be able to tell their story, their value proposition, more than just creating the SIN, the confidential information memorandum. It's to develop those relationships, prospective buyers, whether they're strategic or financial, being able to take the time to make sure our client and the buyers, their values, visions, cultures are in line. Because if you're selling a service firm, most likely the seller is going to stay involved for some number of years, yeah. the earn out provisions. Mm -hmm. Many times the buyer is going to want to tie the seller's 
to the buying company through rollover equity or earnout provisions. So we have found you cannot shortcut taking time to make sure that relationship, the culture and visions align. We combine a relationship partner with a transactional partner, somebody that really has deep chops as it relates to the working capital, presenting numbers, defending their value through due diligence. So it's combining relationship skills with technical expertise. So most of our engagements will have two partners working on the transaction. We also believe that work on the front end, we spend an awful lot of time performing what we call a market value analysis to help our clients appreciate the value of their companies for different types of transactions, what typical terms will look like with earnout provisions, the pluses and negatives of selling to a strategic compared to a financial buyer, making sure that their expectations align with what we believe the market will pay. Because nobody wants to go into enter an expensive process and the seller's expectations in our mind aren't realistic. So we really spend time on the front end. I mentioned that the relationship work. We also, in today's market, look, everyone knows it's a tougher market than it was 12 months ago. There's uncertainty in the market, interest rates are up, but there's still, we're seeing successful transactions, we're completing them, but we know and others, you have to go wider now and deeper to find those prospects because some buyers are on hold. And then it's also being creative with the types of buyers. Well, I think it was important because you talk about the, the the preload and the pre-work that you're doing setting up the relationships. I think and you guys have this as, as one of your sayings I mentioned earlier is you're ready to meet the client wherever they are in the M&A journey. There are very few people that wake up one day and say, I got to sell, I got to get out of here unless there's some big family emergency or, or some life change. Uh, other than that, I think it, it's incumbent on people where, you know, if you don't know what five years, 10 years out looks like, that's where you start reaching out to Tobin and Leff and David Tobin and his team because they can at least begin the conversation, even if you're not ready to do it now, it gets you in the process to think about what the steps are. And the steps may not result in, in a transaction, but at least you can see that journey. Yeah, I appreciate the entree to this topic. Where we say meeting, it's on our website, you know, our clients' relationships, where they are in the exit planning journey. What you just mentioned, Patrick, some owners just need to appreciate what does it need to, what does their company need to look like? when they're ready to sell. Related to that, some want to start doing some exit planning work, appreciate what their company's worth, understand what are the viable exit pathways. So I mentioned how we got started crafting exit plans. That is something, we're not the only one, but we bring that to the table, being able to combine that exit planning consulting with the, the M&A work. Owners, if they have time, two, three, four years, there are a number of steps that they can take that should position their company to command better multiple, more favorable terms. And if every owner, every month, every week, they're trying to increase their net income, yeah. that's a given. And, but if not only 
are they working on their financial ratios? If they also have an appreciation, what are the value drivers? What are the factors that will most likely influence the multiple, whether it's a multiple of earnings, EBITDA, revenue? If they go to work on that, now you really get leverage because if they can use that time to not only increase their earnings, but maybe just using this as an example, with the right strategies and techniques, instead of commanding a multiple of 5x, they can command a multiple of 6x. Now you're really leveraging the energy and money you put into preparing for a future liquidity event. So that's, that's really where we get to on the exit planning journey. And the other part, there's so many different pathways that, you know, we, I mentioned on selling to a strategic or a financial, um, we have helped more than, for example, 30 companies with management buyout plans, because that's a viable yeah. pathway for service firms. We have relationships with very qualified advisors for ESOPs. Not that we're trying to say we're the specialists in all those areas, but to really be able to help our clients appreciate the pros, cons, economics of those different, we call them exit pathways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would think that sometimes as you're making that calculation as an owner and founder, you, you, if you sell the business right out, you're not making an income any longer. And so, you, I mean, you will have a liquidity event, but that may not you know, check all the boxes for you. So having some ongoing relationship through a management buyout where, you know, you do almost no work and you're still drawing, uh, drawing an income. I mean, there, there are a lot of options out there that people never would have thought of. Yes. Yes. And that just reinforces the value and the importance of knowledge, education around these topics. You know, I've heard this saying, and I think it proves true for a lot. It's harder to get out of a company than it may have been to start the company. <laughs> um, and I'm referring to service firms, you know, some of the hard assets. That, that's, that's a different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, tell me, give me a profile of your ideal client. Who's a good fit that Tobin Left wants to serve? I also appreciate. So you touched on our mission statement. Now, this may sound like a sales pitch for you open to, but my partners and I, we truly stand behind. We are focused on helping owners maximize and monetize their life's work. We don't put a disclaimer on maximize and monetize only for owners above X. So we, we just welcome the opportunity to talk to owners who want to look to turn their life's work into personal wealth. In our organization, we've got some partners that they they are very good. They love working with smaller firms. Other partners, we're proud that we've dealt with some pretty significant transactions. So ours, like anyone, I mean, it's this is going to sound like a cliche, but if somebody's got good values and they're good culture, we'd love to have a discussion with them, whether they're near term or long term around the topic of exit planning. Right. And, and when you're based in Pittsburgh, you are not limited geographically, correct? Or not. My partners include locations in Raleigh-Durham, Nashville, Long Island, New York, and Detroit. Okay, great. And you've got clients, you've had clients out of California. Clients, yeah, we, we do. We, we're trying to help clients wherever they may be. Now, 
one of the one of the big catalysts for a lot of mergers and acquisitions isn't just the aging of the population or business cycles. It's been the development by the insurance industry to take risk away from the parties in the transaction. When I talk about this, I talk about reps and warranties insurance, where more and more sell-side advisors particularly are saying the biggest change in M&A in the last 10 years has been the presence of insurance because it enables the parties to get rid of risk and move forward with the deal. And it's really revolutionized it. And I'm curious, David, I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, what experience have you had with rep and warranty insurance? Meeting you because of this podcast helped us because we were unaware that there is R&W insurance for the smaller transactions. Yes, we've used it for our transactions in the 20 plus million range, but knowing what you shared with me, Patrick, there are solutions that may not be price prohibitive. Clients who are selling five to 20 million. Yeah. Because without the insurance, it just becomes such a painful process when we go through the reps and warranties. I mean, that is like pulling teeth if you don't have the backup. When the insurance is there, it does make it go that much easier. It does. It helps our clients rest. Yeah, I, I think what happens with the negotiations in that part of the transaction cycle, when you get to the reps and warranties and the indemnification section, that tends to get really contentious at a point when there's already fatigue built in because the deal's been going on, the diligence has been going on and so forth. What I'm very proud about is what we had mentioned earlier is there's a new product out there. It's a sell-side rep and warranty policy. It's called Transaction Liability Private Enterprise, TLPE. Works just like a buy-side rep and warranty policy. It's a mirror image. But what it provides is for sellers, if you're selling a company as little as a million dollars enterprise value, up to 30 million, we can insure some or the entire purchase price of the transaction so that in the event there's a breach, the buyer just notifies the seller of the breach, the seller notifies the insurance carrier, the insurance carrier will go ahead and negotiate a settlement with the buyer. Takes care of the legal expenses so the seller doesn't have to get an attorney to negotiate because you're not going to write a blank check to the buyer when they demand something. You have to sit down and work with their attorneys. And so the insurance provides that at a cost of between $15,000 and $20,000 per million dollars in coverage. Doesn't matter how big the deal is, it's how much insurance you get. That's a very reasonable expense that can be there to really give sellers a clean exit. It's a very smooth process, takes a day or two. There's no underwriting fee. And so there's actually no cost just to even consider it as that. And we're, we're finding it, particularly for the lower middle market, sellers want a stock sale. They want completely out. Buyers, they just want an asset sale. And when you're dealing with professional services firms like that, there aren't a lot of assets to begin with. And so, you know, the, the, you get that tension there. Well, if you've got insurance for a stock sale, it can work either way, but buyer, who cares if it's stock or asset sale because of a stock sale, whatever those liabilities are, they're now covered by this policy. So it eliminates uh, a real issue. And again, at a fairly discounted price, and it's not, not as much the purchase price or the, uh, the premium cost, it's the wear and tear of the soul and the worry that gets eliminated from that. We were really, really happy about that. And so that's what we're looking forward to, particularly for professional services firm where, again, a six, seven million dollar deal, that's a nice deal. And you don't have to insure the full amount. You just, you know, can do part of it. 
Now, David, as, as we were looking forward, we had a really tough first first quarter for 2023. What do you see going forward, either you know for Tobin Left or for M&A in general as we go through into 2024? We're, my partners, I are feeling good. We're cautiously optimistic that, yes, interest rates are higher. It's putting some pressure on valuations. If buyers want to buy a company valued between two and $20 million somewhere, they're going to move forward. Yes, the cost of borrowing is slightly higher, but we're also seeing it's more financial sponsors, private equity groups, family offices, independent sponsors, because they have all this capital. We all know that saying there's dry powder sitting there. Well, it's there. So what's happening, the challenge to find the larger quality companies, they've moved their criteria down. So we're seeing more and more financial sponsors coming into the low to middle market. And that's really been a benefit for our clients and us. Five or seven transactions have been by strategics backed by a financial sponsor or a financial sponsor that wanted to establish a platform. And this is with service firms where maybe historically that may not have been one of the primary sectors they were targeting. Oh, that's can you tell me really real quick about the uh, strategics being backed by a financial sponsor? How, how does that work? A marketing service firm or a martech company, they're substantial enough, they have a vision for growth, so they might be able to sell, create a platform to a sponsor, a private equity group. Mm-hmm. So they become the hub, then they're using the resources of the sponsor, the PE group's backings, and they'll go out and do acquisitions, add-ons, bolt-ons. Okay. So it's that buy and build strategy we're seeing an awful lot of, no, they're not roll-ups. It's a vision around the platform. And they're going out with very respectable offers to buy these add-ons. So the, the platform might be a company with an EBITDA of three to seven million. The add-ons could be a million to three million. And with the add-ons, what's great, the sellers get the opportunity for two liquidity events. They'll get cash and roll over equity up front and be able to participate on the upside appreciation of the platform. I never stop being, you know, impressed with the creativity and the innovation in, in the financial space. That That's fantastic. David Tobin of Tobin and Left, how can our audience members find you? I appreciate that. So our website, TobinLeft.com, T-O-B-I-N-L-E-F-F. They're welcome to, you know, find us through through our website. Your listeners are welcome. If I may give my cell phone, they can call me or one of my partners. We'd love to have those discussions. And I must say, if you want to go ahead and check out the podcast right after you've been taking a look at M&A Masters, why don't you go ahead hit the search bar and go look for Tobin Left, T-O-B-I-N-L-E-F-F. They have a podcast too. And if you're in the professional services realm, this is great to get some context on what's out there for you. Patrick, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share this with your listeners. Yeah, well, th- thank you very much for being a guest here today. And we're going to talk again, okay? Thanks. Thanks.